welcome to the Husker Cuscast Sports Show. This is Justin, along with my cousins Derek and Tyler. We're recording this episode on Tuesday, September 26th. We're coming off the heels of a 27-17 victory against Ruggers, which is the good news. The bad news is once again Tanner Lee and the offense struggled with consistency. Oh, by the way, our beloved athletic director, Sean Eichhorst, has been fired. So we got a lot to get into tonight, guys, uh, so let's get hot. Derek, let's start off with Sean Eichhorst. What do you think? Well, I think that no matter what the guys want to say, this is all because of Mike Riley. There are other reasons that Sean Eichhorst was fired between the Black Friday bit. the Probably Tim Miles has a little bit to do with it. You know, uh, but when it comes down to it, you lose Northern Illinois and you lose your job a week later. It's a little telling to me. Right. Mike Riley's safety net has uh, fallen by the wayside. Tyler. Yeah, Derek, I, I'm with you. This is a complete reaction to the Northern Illinois game. Uh, yeah, you know, look at what my Sean Eichhorst did. I, I don't know my feelings on him as an athletic director. And until Steve Peterson came around, I don't remember ever caring about athletic directors. Um, I mean, athletic directors' jobs are to get funding for the program, make sure student-athlete life is good, um, scheduling and I don't know how Eichhorst did, but th- this is a complete reaction to the main component of athletic director, and that's hiring and firing coaches. And the university and the boosters lost all faith. Uh, I-, I don't know my feelings on Sean Eichhorst as an athletic director, but I don't like the timing of this firing at all. I think it was a message sent to Mike Riley that, hey, there goes your safety net. It's time to win now. They're just That's like a mafia thing. They're sending a message. They take out his closest ally. It's time to get something done right there. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, that, that's 100% a message. I just, you know, for the sake of recruiting and the, the where the season's at, and I, I think you could have easily made the firing a month later and still had time to get a new athletic director in place before the end of the season, before the decision has to be made on Mike Riley's future. I, I just think it puts so much turmoil and puts the coaches, if they even turn it around, in such a harder position to recruit and turn this program around. It's not like the recruits are, you know, they're signing a, a commitment based off of the athletic director, though, right? I mean, no, no, but what other coaches are doing is saying, hey, Mike Riley's not going to be there in two years. Don't go to Nebraska because the athletic director just got fired. Well, Mike Riley, he, he controls his destiny from here on out, I think. Uh, Derek, what do you think about the, uh, the new interim athletic director? You know, Remington, I... He has no uh, no experience as an athletic director. I know he runs the Boomer Esiason Fund for Cystic Fibrosis. I think I'm saying, I'm saying that right. Uh, okay. So, so it's not like he knows how to run something. I mean, it's not like he has no experience running running a business, which is essentially what an athletic director is doing, I guess. Uh, he's only here for 60 days, tops. I don't want to get too too hyped up about Dave Remington being here for 60 days. I'm more keyed in on who we're going to get after him. And, and Tyler, I, I don't know that I agree with you because, like, 60 days, we're talking two months. That's late November we're getting an athletic director. If we wait another month, we're probably not getting an athletic director until well after the football season. Yeah, you, you might be right, but I, I don't know if we really need it two months to hire an athletic director. I mean, again, I, I don't know what they're looking for in a resume for an athletic director to be able to really 
show success. Um, I mean, I, I suppose hiring good coaches has got to be up there, but um, I, I, I really don't know what the resumes look like. And I don't know how this is a two month decision when you can make a football coach in a week decision. Right. Well, that tends to get you fired. (laughs) Well, yes, but I mean, other, other schools do it. I mean, Texas, Texas hired Tom Herman really quickly. I mean, it's not like we're the only school that jumps on coaches really quickly. I mean, the processes usually happen fairly fast. True, but that's well, an up-and-coming coach, not a coach that has been known to be a 500 coach. That should have been like a third or fourth decision, not the guy you went after first off. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But uh, let's for, let's get into the Ruggers game here. You know, 27-17 victory. Uh, let's start off with the positives here. Tyler, take it away. It starts on the black shirts. I mean – God, that defense looked good that game. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks, the black shirts have really showed up in competition. I mean, after the Oregon game, uh, we were 122nd in the country in total yards given up, and now we're down to 57th. Um, I, I granted against it was against Northern Illinois and Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers had the 95th now offense in the country. I mean, it's not like they're a powerhouse, but nonetheless, they looked impressive. And the series that stood out to me is when it was that third and one. And Rutgers ran two plays and tested the guts of our defense and ran right at us twice in a row. And we stopped them. I mean, that that showed great heart. I like where this run defense is. I, I love where the Blackshirts are playing, and they look really good against Rutgers. Derek? Well, sure. Any Any time that you can hold a team to 68 rushing yards and 126 passing and 194 total yards, I, I don't care what team you're playing. If it's If it's an FCS or FBS team, you're doing pretty good. And this is a power five team. Granted, maybe they shouldn't be, <laughs> but at the end of the day, they are. And they're, they're kind of remind me of the old Baylor bears. Remember what it took them like three years when they first joined the big 12 to win a game. Oh yeah. So this is what Rutgers kind of reminds me. They just don't seem to really belong in the big 10, but they're here. So but I don't, I don't well, care. I don't hold them to 194 yards. That is good defense. That is good defense. Well, if they build oh. a roster full of rapists, you know, Ruggers could be a powerhouse in the Big Ten. <laughs> Low blow. Any, <laughs> anyway, wow. Uh, moving on. No, but I will say this. And you look at the turmoil this team went through after that Northern Illinois game. I, I mean, they could have laid down and died. And, and you look at the defense. They didn't do that. And you know what? The offensive line, I crushed them last week for the Northern Illinois game. They showed up and they played pretty well. We ran for almost 200 yards on the ground. We used multiple backs. Welcome back, Divine Zigbo, to the rotation. Uh, I mean, you, you, you like what you see from a lot of our team right now after that Rutgers game. A lot? Do we really see a lot that we like? I mean, I mean, we're, we're gonna, I know we're going to get to the elephant in the room in Tanner Lee here soon, but you take out our passing game. Yeah, I like where our running game is. I like our defense. I like our special teams. DPE finally got a good punt return. I mean, that was a good game with the exception of Mr. Lee. Well, I think the offensive inconsistency was telling. Uh, but, yeah, Derek, take away Tanner Lee and the offensive struggles. Well, geez. Tanner Lee. It's just not good right now. And you could talk about the offensive line struggles, and you could talk about tight ends not being able to block. You can talk about wide receivers dropping passes, because that's all true, too. 
But, you know, he's throwing 52% of his pass for a completion percentage right now. Tanner Lee has thrown as many pick sixes as, like, 84 other quarterbacks have thrown interceptions. In fact, only 27 other quarterbacks out there have more interceptions than Tanner Lee has pick sixes. Say that again, (laughs) Derek. Only 27 other quarterbacks have more interceptions than Tanner Lee has pick sixes. Okay, that's telling. So, right now he's on pace for 27 interceptions and 21 touchdowns. So, Justin, I think you might want to uh, refigure your <laughs> stats that you want. Preseason uh, prediction. Yeah, the hey, preseason. You know, Justin, didn't you have him finishing the year? Justin, didn't you have him finishing the year with like eight interceptions? Nine. Nine total. Nine. So <laughs> you maybe you... he goes the rest of the year without an interception, <laughs> and I'll look like a genius. <laughs> Guys, when when I was uh, rewatching that game, uh, I watched that. And I just found myself thinking, we're not going to win a lot of games with this guy at quarterback. Uh, Derek, I just want, I wanted to add with your telling the stats about his interceptions. You know how many teams out there have thrown for more interceptions than Nebraska? Zero. I would say zero. We are tied with Charlotte at nine. <laughs> There's nobody else has thrown more interceptions. What it's, I find it hard to believe that we can win very many games with this guy at quarterback. It's tough. Derek, go ahead. You know, I'm starting to think that maybe Tanner Lee didn't go to the Manning camp, but he went to the Martinez camp. <laughs> Did you not see that first interception with him throwing off his back foot? That was a total Taylor Martinez throw. Yeah, well, you know, he's, he comes over the top better than <laughs> Martinez, I guess. Tyler, get into this discussion here. You're rolling your eyes. You, you know, I, I sit there and I, I want Tanner Lee to succeed. I, I mean, we all do, but I mean, he, he his first game was good. Oregon was okay. Northern Illinois was bad. And this was the worst. This was the worst he looked. I mean, you guys gave a lot of his season stats, but just against Rutgers, he completed 50% of his passes for 109 yards with two TDs and two interceptions. That, that is terrible. He did not, you know, the first couple of weeks, he had good success throwing past that 10-yard barrier. His average completion was under 10 yards this week. Uh, I mean, it was checkdowns all day. It was inconsistency. He's not reading defenses. You know, I, I think the question is, is it time to pull him? I'm not a big fourth-quarter pull-a-quarterback type guy, but I am. Let's give Patrick O'Brien a week, and let's get him out there for that first half against Illinois. Illinois, we're going to get to a little bit about their defensive struggles, but I, I think the Tanner Lee era is coming to an end. I, I lived through the Sam Keller era, and I saw how bad that ended up. Uh, Tanner Lee, in, in my opinion, I mean, his time should be up. Tyler, are you suggesting that Patrick O'Brien should get the start yes. against Illinois? Yeah, I, I do, because he, here's my thing. I think Tanner Lee, if Patrick O'Brien struggles – Tanner Lee could potentially come in second half and at least be comfortable in game experience. I think you need to get Patrick O'Brien first team reps all week. I think if you're going to play the guy, you need to put him in a position to succeed him getting 10, 15% of the offensive snaps in practice, which I don't know if that's what he's getting, but that's generally what you'd expect with a backup. I don't think puts him in a best position to succeed, especially when he's playing with wide receivers that aren't going to make a lot of plays for you. Uh, you know, he's going to need the timing, and I think you give him the first team reps, and I would 
I would start uh, Patrick O'Brien. The other reason is is because if you don't start Patrick O'Brien now, if you don't give him a shot and you want to switch, when do you do that? Because we all know the seat's hot for Mike Riley. You're not going to do it against Wisconsin or Ohio State. You're going to wait till Purdue. The season might be done by then. I think you got to see what you got in this kid. And and Tanner Lee, if nothing else, hopefully Patrick Bryant just doesn't throw it to the other team. Derek, I you know I would almost suggest uh, leaving t- starting Tanner Lee for the first series and then pulling him for a couple series because the first series he usually does pretty good. I mean, that first drive against Rutgers, he was three for three with a touchdown, and then it all went to hell. So maybe leave him in for that first series, and then hey, throw throw POB in. I, I don't I don't know. I don't have an answer for this, but something's got to give. And t- and Mike, you're right. Mike Riley isn't it. on his seat's getting hotter by the minute at this point. And if he wants to keep his job, he's gonna have to play every player that he thinks could help him win. And maybe P.O.B. don't look as good in practice as Tanner Lee, but maybe it's worth a shot just to see if he can get away from some of the pressure. I don't know. Tanner. You know, and, and, and maybe Tanner Lee turns around because I don't think they're going to go with O'Brien anytime soon. But if I'm Langsdorf and I'm Riley, I am telling Tanner Lee, you have got to play within the system. You, you've got to quit trying to make plays on third down. You've got to quit throwing at the middle of the field. You've got to read defenses because this guy – he, he's not seeing the field at all. He, he looks the part for an NFL quarterback. I, I think his throws are good. He has a good arm. But, I mean, he can't read a defense. I mean, if this was NCAA football, like, just throw it away. Hit circle. Hit circle. Throw it away. Get it out of bounds. <laughs> and, I mean, the guy just continuously makes bad throws. Almost all of his interceptions are coverage reads. They're not bad throws. They're just he's not seeing people. You know, my my dad alluded to something that, you know, maybe Tanner Lee is reckless because he knows the coaches aren't going to take him out. Maybe he just knows that. It doesn't matter if he throws interception. Coaches aren't going to take me out. And I thought about that. I was like, well, that's a scary thought because there's been plenty of times where as fans and spectators, we're watching the game and after, you know, pick after pick and or pick six after pick six, if you want to say that, it's like, Hit the bench and let's see what Patrick O'Brien can do. And I don't know how bad he has to play before Patrick O'Brien is even considered worthy of to sniff the field. Uh, Derek. I'll say this. I I think that if we would have seen Patrick O'Brien, we would have seen him already. Without seeing him at this point, I don't think we're going to see him unless Tanya Lee gets hurt. Tyler? I, you know, the, the funny thing about this is Riley's been fairly ruthless when it comes to getting rid of assistant coaches, but he has sure put the whole fate of him and more importantly, this team in the hands of Tanner Lee. I, again, may, maybe the kid turns it around. I mean, you know, he has played a good game against Arkansas State. I mean, he, he's got a game against Illinois against a really bad defense to maybe figure it out. But man, if he if he doesn't get some confidence, uh and learn how to protect the ball. I mean, he, he could go down as the worst quarterback in Nebraska history. Well, let's talk about that. Through four games, has there been a worse quarterback at Nebraska? Uh, Derek? Statistically speaking, no. I've looked at some of the more, – more of the quarterbacks that Nebraska has complained about over the last several years. Sam Keller – through 65% with 
with six touchdowns and seven interceptions, or, or se- six interceptions and seven touchdowns. Not great, but 65% completion percentage was pretty good. Taylor Martinez threw for 59%, only th- and three interceptions, only two touchdowns, but he also had eight rushing touchdowns, so different style quarterback. Uh, Armstrong, who I've been known to complain about probably more than anybody, threw for 55%, two interceptions, and nine touchdowns. And here Tanner Lee is at 52%, 898 yards, nine interceptions, and seven touchdowns. I mean, statistically speaking, no. We have not had a seen a quarterback struggle this much in their first four games. Tyler? I mean, you're right. We have it. Um, now, I will say this about Sam Keller. is By the end of his tenure at Nebraska, he took us to a state of non-competitiveness. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe Tanner Lee's going to take us there. Um, but the one thing you could say is at least – at this point, under Tanner Lee, the uh, the team has been in has been in every game. Now you could say we haven't played anyone and all that, but I mean, I, I sat through a lot of those Sam Keller games in Memorial Stadium, the forty five to seventeen losses, and and I get his stats were better, but that's because he was checking down the Marlon Lucky every single play. Uh, I, I I'm not I if Tanner I, and, and again, but to their point, Tanner Lee struggled worse than any quarterback I've seen at Nebraska since maybe Joe Daly. I think you could make the argument for Sam Keller that maybe it was more the defense that he lost a lot of those games. Because Kevin Costco was probably the worst defensive coordinator we've ever had. And we gave up a lot of points in those years. So I don't think you could put it all on Sam Keller for losing a lot of those games. Although he was pretty terrible. That's the one thing about Tanner Lee is I, he may be in the games, but he's in the games because of the defense, not because of what he's doing. Good point. All right, the depth chart was released for the Illinois game. Uh, Tyler, do you got thoughts on this? You know, I, I'm shocked to see Cole Conrad above uh, Decker. But you know what I'll say about the depth chart is is I don't really take too much too much in it. it it's been saying or against Wilbon and Zigbo this whole season, and I don't think that was ever really an or. It might be now, but I don't think it was. Um, you know, I, I the, ro- the wide receiver rotations haven't been there. Gifford was listed as the number two backer going into the year. He's never played like a number two backer. I don't know if I read too much in that depth chart, but um, you know, I think the thing that is interesting to me is some of the injuries that we are still looking at going into Illinois. We're still not a hundred percent out there. And, and we just, we don't have the depth to compete with the, if we don't have all of our starters handy. So you say we don't have the depth to compete with the powerhouse like uh, Illinois. Well, maybe, maybe <laughs> Illinois, maybe Illinois we get by, but I'm thinking when all of a sudden in roughly two weeks when Wisconsin and Ohio State come in town back-to-back weeks, we, we, we need all of our toys available if we want a shot in those games. Really, we should sure. have enough depth in the Wisconsin game. Wisconsin, you know, I, I don't know. They're a better coach team, okay? That's all there is to it at the end of the game. Our t- as far as recruiting classes go, we have better talent than they have. In all the classes, they just lost, what, two of their four linebackers that were supposed to be starters, and and Sitchi was supposed to be the leader of the damn defense. And, and look at their defense. They haven't taken a step back because the next guy plugs in and goes. For whatever reason, we yeah. can't do that. We're not plug and play. That's for, that's for sure. Uh, 
Before we get into Illinois, uh, there's been a lot of talk on what Mike Riley needs to do to save his job this year. Do you guys have any thoughts? Would you like to speculate on anything of that? Like, what, what needs to happen this year for Mike Riley to be the coach next year? Tyler? Well, I mean, he's got to start winning. Um, you know, the, the firing of Sean Eichhorst really puts a damper on this. Um, you know, I, I, I thought going into the year, he needed to make a bowl. Um, you know, I think without Eichhorst there, I think it's going to be eight games for him to have a shot. And, and I think nine keeps it for sure. I think that's unfair and I don't like that. But I think the reality of the situation is, is the seat's too hot for Riley right now. And the new athletic director is being hired to get a new head coach. That, that's the sole purpose of what we talked about why they're being brought in is for the new coach. So fair, unfair. I, I think the number's eight and probably nine. And I think that's a shame. Derek? I, I don't know why you think it's such a shame. I, I understand this is only year three. But you could also make the argument that Mike Riley's teams have regressed year by year. I mean, don't look at the record. Don't look at the six and seven and the in the nine and four last year. Look at how we played. You know, Justin, you argued with me for six months straight in the off season between 2015 and 2016 about how good that team really was. They weren't a six and seven team. They could, you know, they could have easily won nine or ten games that year as 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 much as they lost seven. And you know what? The games were all close. We played well in a lot of games. We just seemed to give them away at the end. And then last yeah. year, look what happened. The one thing we gave them credit for started happening. We started getting blown out of games. I mean, we lost the last three games by like an average of 32 points. Yeah. So I so we I, I would say that the, the 16 team was almost worse than the 15 team. And now this year, what the product we're putting on the field it's causing nothing but booze from the fans, and you can like that or not, but they paid their money, and they want to see something good, and you're putting out their garbage, and maybe it's not fair to boo, boo them, but they're grown men now. They're not little kids anymore. If you don't want to get booed, start playing. Yeah. yeah and it, I hate to say it, but you're right, Derek. You're exactly right. I mean, it's we're in year three, and we're not getting any better. Tyler, you're right too. You know, maybe they do turn it around, but I'd really like to see them turn it around. I thought maybe uh, last week headed in the Ruggers game, the firing of Sean Eichhorst was going to somehow, you know, inspire them and like, hey, let's win this one big for Coach Riley. And they didn't play any better than what they did against Northern Illinois. I mean, they they're just not very good, Derek. Well, that's the other thing, you know. You would have thought after that loss against Oregon, all the players came out and were all pissed off, and they were going to play so hard in that Northern Illinois game. And they came out and laid a turd. And they about did it again against Rutgers. But yeah. I never did answer your question on what what Mike Riley needs to do to save his job. And, you know, I guess it kind of depends on who our athletic director is and if he, and if he has a coach in mind. Because there's a lot of speculation or people wanting – Trev Alberts to come in and Scott Frost to come in for head coach. So let me ask you guys this. Say Mike Riley does go seven and five or eight and four in the season, but Scott Frost goes 
ten and one because they're only, I think they're only going to play eleven games this year with one game being canceled, or even nine and two, and they compete for a conference title. Is that going to have a factor on whether we keep Mike Riley or not? I think it could. I mean, right now Scott Frost has a better Big Ten win than Mike Riley does <laughs> right now. So yeah, I think that's going to weigh on the minds of a lot of boosters. I mean, I don't at, that, at that point, at that point, he is going to be starting to become a hot commodity. If he started, if he turns Central Florida from an zero and twelve team to a six and seven team to a nine and one, a nine and two, or ten and one team, so he's going to be start becoming a hot commodity. Are you going to be willing to risk losing him to another school just to keep Mike Riley around for another year? I will say if he does, if Scott Frost does go 10-1 and and whatever Mike Riley does, I certainly think that the ceiling is a lot higher with the Scott Frost uh, as head coach at Nebraska than Mike Riley. I I just don't see Mike Riley's ceiling any higher than what we've already seen from him right now. Uh, Tyler, you look angered over here. Well, and and I I agree with Derek, I, I think you're right. I think Scott Frost is the candidate that a lot of boosters want. And if he turns that team around to a 10 and one, he could come in. I will be all about him. But, you know, I, I look at college football and, you know, and it's really early, but Texas just got rid of Charlie strong after three years. And now they brought in Tom Herman, who's one and two, you know, you look at other coaches like Clemson, Dabo Sweeney's third year, they went from their second year when they went nine and five to a six and seven season. I, I, I not every school is Michigan and Ohio State with an immediate turnaround. It takes even really good coaches sometimes a while to get things going. And, and I think with Mike Riley, I could make an argument, if Stanley Morgan makes a catch against Wisconsin, that this year's a pass for the guy. Because all of a sudden now we're a 10-win team, and we made a Big, tw- big Ten title game, and yeah, we probably don't win, but now all of a sudden you took us to a conference channel in the second year. I think I, I think I like some of the direct ways this program is turning with the recruiting, the youth on this team. I like the system of the defense. I love what Bob Diaco is doing right now. The improvement week to week to week isn't there. Justin, I disagree with you after the Northern Illinois game. I saw our offensive line play a lot better against Rutgers. I saw our defense play really good against Rutgers. I saw our running backs running really hard against Rutgers. It's Tanner Lee is the problem. Now, that could be Mike Riley's downfall, but I, I think that to say this team hasn't made any strides or didn't play at all better against Rutgers is not true. I just think if the guy goes 7-5, and five, I, I would like to think that give him one more year to see if he can turn this team into a better program. I just don't think he'll get that opportunity. Derek? A couple points on that. First off, you bring up Dabo Sweeney and you bring up some of these other coaches. You're forgetting the one big factor in this. Those are young coaches that have a lot of time. We're talking about a 64-year-old coach that's never really been able to turn it around in any season he's had, outside of maybe one or two at Oregon State where he had a few good years. And so at 64, I don't know if you can turn it around anymore. You might be past that point. And it seems funny to me that you talk about all the strides that we've taken. It seems funny to me that the only strides we've taken are from the coaches that he's fired and and hired new guys. He hasn't done anything on offense. He has kept the same guys on offense and we're not doing any better. These were all the, well, I shouldn't say they're all the Oregon state guys, but like Langsdorf is that Oregon state guy. I don't think he wasn't a good offense coordinator there. Right. Mike Riley had to take play calling abilities away from him. And now he's here and he's doing a, 
horrible job calling plays, I think. Well, hopefully at the end of the year, you know, we we're win nine wins, you know, whatever, and we look back upon this episode right here and you know, listen to what we what we were saying about Tanner Lee. Maybe Tanner Lee gets it turned around and he's he's the stud quarterback out of the Big Ten. Mike Riley's sitting at nine wins, which obviously upset some people along the way. You know, we'll be a little bit more optimistic. But uh we gotta move on to Illinois. Uh, we traveled to Champaign, Illinois to play a two and one Illinois team this Friday night, which is unusual. Kind of cool. Maybe, I guess, I don't know, but, uh, Derek, talk about the, uh, the strengths of this Illinois team. You know, they're going to do what every team in the big 10 is going to do against Nebraska from here on out. They're going to stack the box, stop the run and make Tanner Lee throw the ball. And right now, Illinois is averaging 2.67 sacks a game. I mean, granted, they haven't played very many. I mean, they haven't played any really decent teams except for South Florida where they got stomped. But our offensive line has struggled. Our tight ends have struggled. And if they dial up some blitzes, Tanner Lee could possibly throw another three interceptions. <laughs> Just that few? Nice. Tyler. You know, I think that that is a fair point, Derek. And and in talking about what Nebraska needs to do, I, I I'm tired of seeing these two tight end sets. We don't have two good tight ends. I, I know our wide receiver depth is garbage, but God, we should just run more of a spread. Start running three wide wide receivers out there on a consistent basis, and try to at least spread out the team. But you know, talk about Illinois. They're not a good ball club. I mean, I give Rutgers a lot of trouble for them being a garbage team. But, uh, I mean, Illinois is not much better. They're, they're 119th in total uh, offense. Uh, I mean, they've really, really struggled. Um, I mean, they, they do have one playmaker. Their running back, Epstein, is averaging over five and a half yards a carry. He can catch out of the backfield. He looks pretty athletic with Danny Woodhead type. Um, maybe, no, obviously not as good, but, I mean, he looks like he can make plays out of the backfield. Uh he could pose some threats, especially when you give him two weeks to coach. They're going to find ways to make their playmakers a chance. And, I mean, with us having a short week, I think that could be concerned of us getting outcoached by Lovey Smith and that team. That's a very good point. Derek. Hey, Tyler, didn't you have Illinois as your surprise team? Out of the West, yes. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> you know what? They're Still offense, time for they're, that. Their offense is pretty – they're, they're even worse than Nebraska's offense right now. Well, outside of interceptions, because <laughs> there's nobody yeah. worse than that category. But uh, I don't know. I, I could see yeah. us struggling with them having 13 days to, to prepare for us and us going on six days. Mike Riley said it before. He doesn't like going on short rest. I, they seem to be tr- getting tr- having troubles getting teams up for games after a loss. I don't. I, so I don't know how you even – I don't even know what to think of this game. It bothers me because this is a game we well, should be winning big time. Well, okay. What does Nebraska need to do this game to win big time? Because I think all the fans are really hungry for that big old blowout victory that you know we just haven't seen in the easiest part of our schedule. These first five games outside of Oregon, these are the biggest cupcakes that we're going to face this year. I think if we're going to get a uh, big blowout, this is the game. Why do we do that, Tyler? 
Well, I think if we're going to do it, there, there's two two to three big keys. I, I think Stanley Morgan, if he can get healthy, was a big factor. I think if you looked at what South Florida did with some of their wide receivers, the taller guys really overpowered the shorter corners at Illinois. I think that's a game that Stanley Morgan could play really big on. I think if we're going to win big, Tanner Lee has got to quit the interceptions. He's got to play like a competent quarterback. And if our defense plays like they've played, uh, I think we have a shot. I mean, Illinois is no stranger to interceptions either. They had three interceptions last time they played against South Florida. Uh, the Blackshirts could have a big game against Illinois if they show up. Good points. Derek? The only way our offense is going to do anything against these guys, I think, is establish a run and back that defense off. If they can back that defense off, maybe Tanner Lee can find some time. Maybe we can get the passing game going. But we're going to have to establish a run. And defensively, just yeah. keep doing what you're doing. Plug away. I, you're doing a good job. Take another step forward. You know, maybe they, they really Rutgers only really have one really good drive against us, and that was that first drive where they scored the touchdown. Outside of that, they really didn't move the ball a lot. So yeah, they had. As a matter of fact, they had 69 yards on that play. So you take away that one drive, we, they we, we only gave up what 130 yards. I mean, that's good Pretty, defense. You can, say the same thing, you can say the same thing about Northern Illinois. True. I mean, True. you take away that one long that one drive, that defense played lights out two weeks in a row. So it's a I, shame I, that our offense gives up that many points. Unfortunately, I don't think our offense is going to be able to do much better. So I think in order to really win this game, our defense is really going to have to shut them down. They're not going to have to give, even give up that one drive. Yeah. All right. Well, it should be a fun game Friday night. I'll be talking to you guys then. Uh, but we need to get into our picks. Derek, update us on uh, the standings for our picks. Well, Tyler made a big comeback this week, going five and one to bring him to fifteen and eleven. I went three and three and is sitting at fifteen and eleven with him. And Justin, you went two and four, and <laughs> dropped to fourteen and twelve on the year. John Swedland. It's four and two, though. Well, he has, he has a better percentage of Justin. <laughs> yeah, that sucks for me. <laughs> well, maybe uh, this week I bounce back. Uh, so, Derek, let's get into this. Uh, our picks this week. First game that we're going to talk about is o- Oklahoma State at Texas Tech. Uh, you know, I. I Oklahoma State's going to crush these guys. Texas Tech still has no defense whatsoever. And they really haven't played. I mean, they've won all their games. But I think the best team they've played has been Houston. They squeaked by them. I think Oklahoma State just cruises these cruises by these guys. Tyler? I got some beef with Okie State. I, I picked them in my one loss last week against my Big 12 favorites in TCU. Uh, Mason Rudolph got me off the TCU bandwagon for a week. But I, I have faith. Um, this guy is the most clutch quarterback in the country under pressure. He has five touchdowns and zero interceptions when the team's blitz against him. He is the anti-Tanner Lee. Uh, <laughs> I think Oklahoma State wins big. God, how do we get that guy? Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I like Oklahoma State in this game. Even though uh, Texas Tech, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, he's coaching to save his job there. Putting out a good year so far. All right, Northwestern at Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin's 15.5-point favorites in this game. Derek? 
How do you pick against Wisconsin at this point? Northwestern might hold it a little closer than the 15 and a half that Wisconsin's favored by. But I, just, I don't see it. Wisconsin beats them. Tyler? I don't think they keep it closer. I think Wisconsin wins big. Uh, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin has had a big year. That freshman, 430 yards and five TDs. Um, he's been a stud for them. I think Wisconsin wins and they cover that spread. I agree. I got Wisconsin big as well. Next game is going to be a fun game. Clemson at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is getting seven points. Derek. Virginia Tech might be the most overrated team in the country right now. They're 4-0, yes, but they beat West Virginia, and I'm not really sure how great they are. Uh, outside of them, they've played Delaware, East Carolina, and Old Dominion. I mean, really? You talk about a crappy schedule. Uh, so I don't know what to think out of Texas or Virginia Tech. Clemson's coming on. has played Auburn, Louisville, and they've beat them. And they're, they're, they're playing strong. they got great defense. I think Clemson wins this game big. Tyler? You know, rematch of last year's ACC title game. Uh, you know, that, that game ended up being pretty close. But at one point, Clemson was up 42-14. to 14. Uh, Clemson's a better team. I mean, they're, they're maybe as good as they were last year. They're looking impressive. They, they went on the road. Yeah, well, Blacksburg is a tough place to play. I think uh, Virginia Tech keeps it close, probably about seven points, but I think Clemson gets the win. All right, I love this game right here. This is going to be a fun game to watch. USC at Washington State. Washington State is getting three and a half points. Derek? You know, Sam Darnold, for all the hype and all the Heisman talk, might be almost as bad of a quarterback as Tanner Lee at times. The wow. guy is throwing nine touchdowns and seven interceptions. That's not good. That's good. That's just not good. That's that's that might be the other almost overrated team is USC to me right now. Like they they haven't looked that outside of Stanford they haven't looked that impressive to me. And Stanford turned around the next week and lost to San Diego State. So I'm really not sure how good Stanford even is. Uh, Luke Falk has 14 touchdowns to one interception. So mm-hmm. with the better quarterback, I think Washington State upsets USC. Mm. Tyler. You're right about Luke Falk. Um, I think he is thrive under the Mike Leach system. Uh, but USC has beat Washington State nine of the last times they've played. Uh, they've squeaked by some opponents. They haven't looked impressive. You're right. And I think they squeaked by Washington State this weekend. Well, I'm with Derek on this. I like Washington State in this game. They're the home team. It's night game. Mike Leach is going to get those guys ready to whoop uh, USC's butt. So you think you think, our boy, you think our boy Jameer Calvin will have a big game? Probably. Just put it in the <laughs> – shove it in Nebraska's face. <laughs> like, oh, man, we almost had that guy twice. <laughs> Has, hasn't he transferred yet? Probably. <laughs> I think he had his first touchdown last week. Oh, nice. Good for him. All right, Miami at Duke. Uh, Duke is getting six and a half points here. Derek. I like Duke in this game. I think they've played a better schedule. I think they've looked better playing their games. Maybe Northwestern's not that great, but they stomped a mud hole in Northwestern. And I don't know how, I don't know how much better Miami is in Northwestern right now. I mean, they, they've played nothing but junk teams. I, I like Duke in this game. I think they're playing well at home. 
I think they upset at Miami here. Tyler. You know, I, I, you're right. Miami hasn't played anyone. But at this point, I have seen no indication to get me off the Miami hype train. Um, they have better talent. They have the better coach of Mark Richt. I like Miami to win this game. I like Miami as well. Uh, Duke is a good feel-good story. But uh, I think they're going to suffer their first loss. Should be a fun game, though. All right. Nebraska at Illinois this Friday night. Uh, Nebraska six-and-a-half-point favorites. Kind of shocked that the line is within seven here. But uh, we are a product of ourselves. Uh, Derek, give us your score prediction. Well, before I get into my score prediction, I want to throw this at you. I had had an over-under of two-and-a-half interceptions by Tanner Lee this week. Ooh, I like the over. <laughs> uh, it's got to be. God, if it's, if it's, if it hits two, they got to pull him, right? <laughs> They're not pulling him. Get over it, Tyler. Uh, I am very optimistic that Tanner Lee will break the cycle and not throw a pick six this week. He, he may throw some interceptions, but I, I don't think he could possibly go for a pick six. Like, at some point, they put the offense on the defensive side of the ball and tell them how to tackle, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who did he get clobbered by on uh, when uh, he on that pick six that he threw, and he went to uh, try to make the tackle, and he got clobbered by his own guy? Who Who leveled him? Who was that? I didn't see it. I'm not I, sure. I, don't, I didn't see that. That was funny. That was funny. <laughs> I do have Nebraska pulling out a squeaker here. I don't think the offense does very well. I don't think we score a lot of points. I think our defense probably gives up a drive or maybe Tanner Lee throws a pick six, and I'm wrong on that. But I have Nebraska winning 13-10. to 10. Holy cow. <laughs> Tyler. Woo! Um, I hope that's not the case. I will be in attendance in Champaign and uh, for before everyone in the family gives me shit about going to games and how we always lose. I am two and zero so far in my games going to Illinois. Um, I, I got Nebraska to win. I, I think I think the defense doesn't play as well. I think Illinois finds a little bit of offense with having two weeks to prepare. Um, I, I think Nebraska wins twenty seven to nineteen. Let's let's not forget last time we were in Champaign, we lost fourteen to ten. God, you had to remind me that. 14-13, right? Or was it four? Yeah, 14-13. I'm sorry. You're right. Well, I think we uh, get it done this week. I think I'm expecting a little bit more offensive production this week. Uh, I think this is the last chance we can do this against a team. Not that we're going to score a lot of points, but I have us winning 31-20. to 20. Yes. Pretty close, me and you, Justin. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I like my I'm, li- I'm liking it. I'm, I'm, I'm liking Nebraska scoring some big points in this game. And 30. right now, sadly, 31 is big points for this offense. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a All right, final touchdown. thoughts. Final thoughts. I, I, my, my bold prediction is that we win a turnover battle this weekend. Woo! So, that's uh, big news right there. I don't know if that's going to happen. My final thoughts are, hey, Nebraska did improve on third down conversions. We did go 8 for 17 last week, which shows some sign of improvement, I guess. So if you want to look at the positives, I'm out. My (laughs) bold prediction is Tanner Lee throws for three touchdown passes. 
and only three interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us tonight. You know, Friday night game. It's going to be fun. All right, so be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, at HuskerCuzCast. You can catch all of our episodes on Podbean and on iTunes. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday to recap the Illinois game and look ahead to the Wisconsin game. And as always, go Big Red! Say bye bye so long, see you later, take it easy, be cool, hang loose.